Hey, it's your host, Abigail Pumphrey, and I'm on a personal mission to help more small business owners become financially free. I like to nerd out on all things business, marketing, and most definitely the numbers. I'm talking all the lessons learned as I turned a layoff into a seven-figure online business. I like to share it all and no conversation is off the table. We talk actionable strategies, biz challenges, and all the things life throws your way. Grief, anxiety, loss, and resilience are all topics you'll find here. So grab a cup of coffee and settle in because you're listening to the Strategy Hour podcast brought to you by Boss Project. Have you ever absolutely panicked after you accidentally deleted a file on your computer? I know I have. It's not an issue if you've got Crash Plan Smart Recovery. Your files are just a few clicks away and can be restored in a snap. Crash Plan provides the best cloud backup solutions in the market. Visit CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. Now you can protect all your work with an unlimited backup and recovery solution. CrashPlan makes it simple to restore some or all of your data. And with unlimited version retention, CrashPlan can be your ultimate rewind button. Get unlimited computer backup for you or your business with CrashPlan Professional. CrashPlan backs up files that live on your computer and works with PC, Mac, and Linux. Don't let data disasters slow you down. CrashPlan has your back and keeps you moving. Go to CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. That's CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year. Back up better with CrashPlan. Today on the show, we have Danny Maloney. He is an entrepreneur who loves to improve lives and careers with technology. As the CEO and co-founder of Tailwind, he's enjoyed working with amazing an amazing team to help over 400,000 brands, marketers, and influencers grow their business. Now, Tailwind helps you manage your marketing on digital platforms like Instagram, Pinterest, and Facebook. And Tailwind connects the dots from people finding and creating visual content to actually scheduling and publishing your posts to generate that traffic and ultimately, hopefully, sales. Yeah. And so today we're talking about all of the cool things that are going to help you organically grow your traffic and make more money by using Tailwind. We're also asking about recent updates to Pinterest and how Tailwind is making that easier for your business to grow using Tailwind to help you. Top three things that Tailwind members are doing to increase traffic and sales. So you can copy and paste them and see results in your business. And what strategies Danny sees working for other people who sell services, products, physical and digital. So you can tweak and repeat what other people are doing in their business to see some amazing success in your own. Now, if you've never tried Tailwind before, you can get a free trial over at bossproject.com slash Tailwind. And you'll see a bit more why we suggest this as a major tool inside your business once you listen to the episode. So before we get started, I just think it's important that you know that we've been on Pinterest for five years, and we've created a ton of content in that time. And I remember back in the day, I hacked it so that I could explode on Pinterest. And I had a strategy that I shared all over the internet. We wrote a blog post about it, our two-minute Pinterest formula. (laughs) Yeah, it was very popular. And then I found Tailwind and I was like, what is this? This is my lifesaver. I'm so excited. And today on the show, we have Danny, who's the CEO. And we're so excited to have you here and talk about what Tailwind has done for online business and how you could utilize that to drive more traffic and sales in your own. So Danny, welcome to the show. 
Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, we're excited. I know that the talk of the town, at least in the right circles, is that Pinterest made some pretty major updates recently. And I know Tailwind's been actively adapting to those changes. Could you let the users know a little bit about what that looks like and how Tailwind is helping people show up more on that platform? Sure. And I'll say that I tend to think about this a little bit more broadly than just Pinterest. Sure. Uh, so I view yeah. this from the lens of what's going on in digital marketing as a whole across all of these platforms that we're all using to drive attention and drive traffic and business. So in general, there's a meta trend happening, which is there's more content than ever being mm. published. For a lot of years, the consumer attention on that content has been growing very quickly. And in general, that growth is starting to slow down because people are just spending so much of their lives on digital platforms today that you have less of an analog to digital shift happening, which was driving sort of like the hyper growth of the past, right? So given that, I think there's a really important context here, which is there's more competition for attention than ever before because you have content continuing to scale Attention still scaling, but not scaling as quickly, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that's part of the pressure that we all feel as content creators and as marketers, but also that the platforms themselves are feeling where it's like, okay, now that we have so much content, how do we actually show people the best content for them, the right content, the most relevant content? And so with that lens, I think what's happening ultimately is that the definition of quality, whatever it is for the specific platform, is what ends up winning. And so it's quality content increasingly winning over time. So what is quality content? It's going to vary a bit by platform. But generally speaking, it's well executed, right? So it's either interesting or informative or inspiring or entertaining, depending on if we're talking about Pinterest or Instagram or TikTok or Google, you know, which pick your platform mm -hmm. for distribution. Generally, that content is becoming richer over time. And so richer content is qu higher quality. There was a time not that long ago when most of the content being produced was text-based and only text-based. Now images are commonplace. Videos are increasingly commonplace. AR videos, right? Like mm -hmm. enhanced videos are becoming increasingly commonplace. So mm -hmm. richer content is part of that quality equation. And then the third piece is fresher content right? Mm -hmm. So Pinterest and Google, I think, are still unique in that they provide the SEO opportunity where you can have a piece of content that lives for a very long time by being the most informative piece of content or most inspiring on a specific topic. But I think even that is becoming harder where it's harder for a single piece of content to win mm -hmm. for multiple years in a row. Mm -hmm. Because in that time, it's more likely someone else is also creating a really high quality piece of content serving that same need. And if it's equally or greater in quality, but fresher, then freshness is sort of going to win out. And so a lot of the talk on Pinterest specifically right now is basically just that evolution happening, where over time, freshness, richness, and quality of content or relevancy is one of the words that Pinterest uses specifically. Those are all increasing in importance in the algorithms in terms of what's going to be distributed and what's not going to be distributed. So that's really kind of what it comes down to in my mind. Yeah. You can't sit on the same pieces of content forever, right? Like you need yeah. to be creating new, continuously better content over time. 
Yeah, because I mean, back in the day, I feel like early Pinterest, you could write a piece of content. And if it seemingly went viral, got enough repins, then kind of regardless of if you updated it or not, it would always show up in the top of search results. Mm -hmm. And it's subtle to the user, but I feel like you're less likely to see the same thing over and over again. It used to be in certain categories. Things were so trendy, so to speak, that you it was almost predictable what would come up in search. And I think they had this desire to kind of keep up with the other platforms that were focusing on fresh and engagement. And since it's not really a platform in which you communicate, they had to gauge relevancy or engagement on a different basis. And I think that exactly what you're saying makes a ton of sense. I will say that I've noticed, because Google is probably the easier place to see timing for things, because a lot of the dates are actively posted and listed. But the more niche you are, the longer your content can last on those platforms. So I was Googling a term that's specific to my side business and there's still blog posts coming up from five years ago. Mm-hmm. And that just goes to show you that there's plenty of room to rise to the top and mm-hmm. end up on a page one, whether that's page one of Google or page one of Pinterest and become a relevant resource in your like topic or niche. Yeah, the opportunities are still out there, but you've got to know what you're targeting. You've got to know totally. what opportunity you're trying to win. I think in your comment, I see another really interesting observation that I read into the changes Pinterest is making, which is pinners don't want to see the same thing over and over mm-hmm. again. And so what's interesting to me in the guidance from Pinterest is, you know, of course, a brand new piece of content on a new topic is always going to be preferable to the platform than a topic that already exists because it's something it potentially fills a content gap for them and for their users, right? But they're saying, hey, even if like we know it's expensive in money or time to create brand new pieces of content at a very high volume constantly, but if you take the content you have, the pages, the URLs, and you create new images and new pins for them we're still going to think of that as fresh content, right? And so what I read into that is, okay, and it makes sense to me generally in in most cases, as a pinner myself, if I'm scrolling through my feed and I see two totally different images linking to the same URL, unless I've actually clicked the other pin before (laughs) and spent a lot of time, I probably don't know the difference. And to me, it's like, oh yeah, I am enjoying this because now I'm getting more new fresh content. Um, So I think there's maybe a hybrid strategy there where some of it is, yeah, go try to win those niche topics where you can win, where you can rise to page one. But sometimes even where you have content already, you might be able to rise in the rankings and rise in distribution just by generating new creative for the same content. Yep. And that's exactly what we're doing within our business where we do have some past content that is older, but if it could be updated to be more relevant to literally now and what language do we need to be using differently or what screenshots do we need to be sharing differently, but creating new images for that same content that's performed really well for us, even if it's four or five years old, then let that's the easier version of this scenario and still getting new fresh eyeballs. And I At first, I was super overwhelmed with that strategy because I was like 10 graphics or multiple graphics, you know, multiple images for the same content. But as a person who's obsessed with marketing or, you know, having my own business, I think it provides a really cool 
forced almost A-B test of all of your images, your titles, what your graphics could be. And I think so many people put that particular piece of this puzzle off for so long. And if this can force you to do that and learn new things about, okay, but what is your actual ideal audience? What do they like clicking on? What do they like seeing what's going to perform better on those kind of platforms? Kind of forces you outside of your comfort, your lazy comfort zone a little bit that we've been in for a while to try new things. And I think the preferences of every audience change over time too. And so I love that experimentation because sometimes you stumble upon a nugget of gold that you didn't know was out there. And I know we've done that even with our own marketing at Tailwind where we said, oh, wow, here's a new trend that ultimately ended up impacting the product changes we made and are definitely our marketing messaging and how we position the product. But it can be just eye-opening. And that's where if you really look at the fundamental definition of marketing, what a lot of people don't think as much about is that marketing is at its core about understanding the needs of your market and learning from it and then figuring out what product, what packaging, what price you need to put together in order to give them something of value that's going to work for them. Too often we talk about marketing and we're only talking about the distribution and the reach side of marketing or the content side. And that's very important. But I always view the two as feeding into each other in a very organic way. Well, and that definitely drives my next question. I'd love to know what you're seeing from Tailwind members. What are they doing specifically that's not just increasing traffic, but ultimately driving sales via their app? Like, what are there specific features they're really focused on? Are there certain strategies they're utilizing to have that be more effective for them? Sure. So as you all know, and I'm sure many of the listeners know as well, Tailwind primarily serves two platforms, Instagram and Pinterest are the two core platforms. So I'll talk about some strategies for each because they are a little bit different in terms of what people are doing that's driving results. One thing I'll say that crosses not only those two platforms, but marketing more broadly is we see a consistent trend here where the people who perform better are one, much more likely to have a clear plan and set of goals that they're going after. They're not just acting randomly and kind of you know firing out into the wild, hoping they hit something. So that's one consistent trend that is platform agnostic. The second one I'd say is consistency of effort and engagement with their audience and with creating new content. People who are more sporadic with it tend to struggle to build momentum over time. And I think part of that is just you have fewer experiments, so you don't learn as quickly and you don't optimize on that core strategy. But another piece of it is that as you generate a real audience that loves you, they expect to hear from you regularly. And if you're not fulfilling that part of the expectation, you can lose them just as quickly as you gain them. So I'll throw out those two pieces of advice that we see with our app, regardless of platform. Mm -hmm. That said, if I think about the Instagram side first, what's working in 2020 and and in a post-COVID world as well? So Mm -hmm. one thing that we see working is using hashtags to find the most targeted audience possible, right? So as there's more content out there competing for a slower growing bucket of time, even if it's still growing, getting to the right people has never been more important because you can't just bet on super broad, free organic engagement, and some percentage of those people are going to be interested in your content. 
The other thing is the way that the algorithms on Instagram work. If the people who see your content begin engaging and responding to it early on, that's actually going to benefit your distribution and your content's going to be seen by more people. So hashtags can play a critical role in that by bringing in some very interested, very targeted audience in the early life cycle of a piece of content. And that's where within Tailwind, our hashtag finder tool has just gained massive popularity because it makes it really easy to find new hashtags and related hashtags and so mm. forth. Well, we need to look into that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's one of the popular features on the Instagram side. Another one is called Smart Bio. And so that's a link tool for Instagram where you, you, know, you have your one link in your bio, biography and Instagram. And so the whole point of Smart Bio is a really simple way to maximize the value of the traffic and exposure you're getting by enabling you to essentially add links to every post in your feed through one central link on your bio. And then you can say, hey, check out the link in my bio. And they end up finding what they're looking for. We're finding that's really critical for people who are trying to drive sales, appointments, bookings, whatever it is, because otherwise you're playing a general just exposure top of funnel awareness game on Instagram. And that doesn't work for all businesses, or you have to do it for a very long time at a very high degree of scale for it to eventually work. So those are two. The third one I'll throw out there for Instagram, a lot of it comes down to creating the right type of content. So the right types of posts that are going to engage your audience, the right types of captions that are going to create engagement and get people to comment and so forth. So one thing we added to Tailwind relatively recently on the Instagram side is that we'll actually suggest content strategies now. And so you can say, okay, I want to plan out my nine grid over time, but I am going to slot in that specific posts are going to be specific themes or types of content. And we'll, for new folks signing up, you know, we'll help recommend different strategies based on what type of business they are. We also have things, think of it like Mad Libs for captions. If you're blocked on what type of caption to write, you can go through and get inspiration. And we're finding that that's unlocking a lot of people on the Instagram side. So those are a few of the tactics there. Yeah, that's one of the biggest not necessarily complaints, but hangups from our audience that we're hearing constantly is, okay, I can get the tools other places of maybe some pretty stock photos or some really cool graphics, but what the heck do I actually say? So any sort of Mad Lib content caption generator, I think would be super cool for listeners to go look into. Is that just built right into Tailwind, right? You use it all in the same place? Yeah, all in the same place. It's all included in the core product there on the Instagram side. We don't have that for the Pinterest side. Yes, it was a very strong need we heard for Instagram that yeah. creator's block type of, yeah, the iteration yeah. of writer's block. Like, this is a picture. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that's, those are some of the core things that I think we find people doing. Yeah. On the Pinterest side, targeting is also critical, but it comes much more in terms of keywords, phrases, niches, where you're trying to win traffic. Mm-hmm. So making sure that you understand what you're aiming for. And then the way I like to think of it is, as you're creating pins or creating content, go through the pinner journey in your head and say, okay, what's the pin I see in my feed? Okay, based on that pin and that description, if I click through, what am I going to expect? And it's really important that the Mm -hmm. expectation on the other side of that click matches what you've been presented with, because if it doesn't, you're much more likely to get bounces and clickbacks and so forth that will generally hurt not only that pin, but your domain as a whole. So thinking through that whole Mm. journey, and then does the underlying landing page send the same signals about keyword relevance, phrase relevance, content relevance, 
as the pin itself. So I think that's really important in the long run for optimization, especially of search traffic on Pinterest. A second one Mm -hmm. that I think off of that, especially in today's world, paying attention to trends and seasonality. And Pinterest has started publishing a bit Mm -hmm. more to give people more of a window into what's happening in their search and content discovery. Pinterest reported that they saw record levels of search traffic after COVID started sinking in, especially in the US. And that makes sense. I mean, a lot of digital platforms are seeing growth right now. But beyond that, what they also published was a set of trends data that said, hey, people are searching more, but they're searching differently. Yeah. And so vertical by vertical, like it's gone from, for instance, in the education space, it's less teachers searching for educational resources parents now figuring out how do I educate my child? How do I use this same resource? And that's a very different perspective. Mm-hmm. Or in fashion, it's more comfortable clothing and less of the high, mm-hmm. higher fashion going totally. out to a gala type of clothing, right? Want to learn exactly step-by-step how to get paid to generate leads in your business? I've kept these details to myself for far too long. I'm ready to spill everything and give you the exact steps that help me generate tens of thousands of qualified leads and millions in low-ticket digital product sales. I won't just show you what I did, but teach you how you can do it too. I'm talking not just how to create low-ticket digital products, but also showing you how to use them strategically to generate leads for your other existing or future offers. I'm sharing it all at bossproject.com jumpstart, including exactly how I made $8,033 and generated 277 leads my very first month selling digital products. Find out more at bossproject.com jumpstart. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. With over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. I love that Indeed makes it easy to hire because I'm busy enough already. When we've hired in the past, the process was full of unqualified applicants. With Indeed, we can target the right candidates for the right position. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Just go to Indeed.com slash strategy hour right now and support our show by seeing you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Money issues are a common stressor in any relationship. Monarch Money is the top-rated personal finance app that can get you and your partner on the same page without any extra cost. Monarch has built-in collaboration features, so together you can see your finances, budget, and get insights on your cash flow. It's the easiest way to manage any household finances. I've tried other finance apps in the past, and they didn't work the way I wanted them to. I don't want to stress over finances. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more 
Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. Monarch has a tool that allows you to easily import your data from Mint and keep all of your tags and categories. Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to get set up, customize, and use. Monarch prioritizes my privacy, and they'll never sell my data to third parties. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com strategy for your extended 30-day free trial. And the interesting piece with that is like, you would think... Because my gut is to go to the way that Pinterest started. And that's not how they started. Like things would stick around for so long. And I noticed as a pinner that last week I posted a sourdough recipe. Everyone, their mama is baking right now. Mm -hmm. And I was like, eh, there's like a bajillion sourdough recipes on Pinterest. But it's new, it's relevant, it has a really good photo. And I'm already getting really great impressions off of that one post. And it's like, it's just showing me that creating content in the moment is still being rewarded there. And how cool is that? Like, go along with what is happening in the world and be a voice in that time and space. And instead of worrying, oh, it's not gonna be picked up, it is being picked up and you can almost prepare for it because there are some things that are predictable. Like if your business has a ton of seasonality to it, you can be pinning in advance of that season because pinners will start pinning to prepare for those things, um, especially holiday specific stuff. So yeah, but keep going. I don't want to interrupt your strategies. (laughs) That's a perfect segue because the third thing I was going to say on the Pinterest side is it's it comes back to creating fresh content on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. And I know that can often be misinterpreted as only fresh content, right? So like, Mm -hmm. there is a balance here that's really important for folks to understand. But I love your example, right? Because it's like, yeah, there are a ton of sourdough recipes on Pinterest already but yours is fresh. Mm-hmm. And some of the ones that were ranking before are not as fresh. And so if yours is great and high quality and people who engage with it start sending positive signals, even a lot of those head categories as the search engines think about them that drive a lot of traffic might be up for grabs on a continuous basis mm-hmm. if you mm-hmm. continue to create new and fresh and better content for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't think it's limited only to niches because otherwise you end up with a different difficult equation, which is okay, if even if I win this smaller and smaller niche over time, is it worth my effort? Yeah, it's less people, it's less audience. So Mm -hmm. is the ROI there? And it's hard to gauge that trade off. But well, and knowing what your goal is, because so I'm in this eternal debate on what is my (laughs) other business actually selling and doing and whatever, (laughs) long story. So someone asked me, is your goal to attract a super specific person that you can then sell to? Or is your goal as someone who blogs fairly consistently to just drive traffic so that you... because just traffic is monetizable. Like You can have ads on a site that just gets traffic people coming to it and so trying to decide are you trying to cast a wide net 
on purpose? Or are you trying to cast a smaller net because you know, the more specific you are on who you are attracting, the more likely you are to convert. And I think it really comes down to the kind of business you're running. And if you're like me, and you just don't know yet, eh, you maybe have to try both and see what sticks. But I think that's cool, though, that because you can stand out. And, it, and just as an example, if you were to look in some of the smaller niches, or maybe like less saturated niches, recipes is huge. Like there's billions, I'm sure, of pins that are recipe related. But you go into the health and wellness space, and there's significantly less content, or it tends to be of a certain type, and you could easily stand out by rather than going with the grain, going against the grain, you will show up mm-hmm. as different. And that might be exactly what attracts someone to your content. Yeah, absolutely. I think you bring up another interesting point there, which is maybe another meta trend around what's the business you're building and what's your business model is an important question that relates to what type of content. Mm-hmm. I think I see a blurring of the lines happening there. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's happening in both directions, right? So companies that traditionally thought of themselves as product companies who were selling something either selling directly or even you think about like consumer packaged goods companies who are selling through retailers mostly, although more of them are direct to consumer now, they're creating more content than ever, right? They've had to learn to become content companies, even Mm -hmm. though historically they did not think of themselves as content companies. On the other end of the spectrum, if I think about bloggers, digital publishers, right? Like pure content plays, Yes, you can monetize audience. You can sell ads. You can monetize through affiliate links. There are, you, you can monetize through influencer programs and brand relationships. But I think a lot of what I'm hearing with that audience, honestly, is that that's becoming harder over time to generate a lot of revenue mm-hmm. because ad rates are generally declining, mm-hmm. except when you move towards richer content formats, if you can drive traffic there. Affiliate as a world is having its own sort of like long-term challenges and getting exposure and driving sales. Even the influencer and brand sponsorship space is kind of a challenge because it's still generally thought of as experimental for a lot of brands. Very Mm -hmm. few brands as a percentage view it as a core part of their marketing strategy. And so what I see happening is more of those content businesses now developing products, whether it's digital products, physical products, But they're realizing that in order to really capitalize on the audience and the brand and the attention that they're developing, they have to have something to sell at the end of the day. Even if it's only a small portion of their audience who's buying Mm -hmm. it, they might make more money that way. And I think it's a smart diversification as well. Yeah, sure. People who had four or five, six different income streams right now are generally doing a lot better than folks who have one or two. So especially in a recessionary type of situation, but even so I worked at YouTube for a while. And in the early days of YouTube influencers growing and the partner program there, what was always fascinating to me is a lot of the top influencers were making more money selling t-shirts and various swag with their likeness on it than they were from ads, despite having millions upon millions upon millions of views. And granted, the ad dynamics on YouTube have developed a lot since those days, but I don't think that principle has changed, right? Like ultimately your business is going to be more powerful and more sustainable if you Mm -hmm. have your own monetization engine than if you're relying on someone else's monetization engine. Yep. And to that point, I mean, the things you can sell are just so vast. Like while I know the majority of people listening are, they have a specific passion and a business they're building. 
I also see people that are throwing spaghetti at the wall a little bit and just trying stuff. Like since TikTok picked up so much steam recently, I follow this girl literally (laughs) so I can see her baby pig every day. And she sells t-shirts with her pig's face on it. And like, I I haven't bought one yet, but I'm seriously considering it. <laughs> but like, that's the kind of thing that you just think, oh, this is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. No one would ever. Yes, they would. If you have yes, the yes, if you have ever. the right audience, you need to listen to what they're saying. It's not like putting out T-shirts of your dog is going to be effective unless you have the mm-hmm. audience that cares about that. But it's still possible, mm-hmm. and it makes me wonder a bit more about this publication and just in general. I know we talked a lot about fresh and new, but I think a lot of people are still debating if certain channels are even still relevant. They're so focused on perhaps like the social app themselves that some people are creating less, I I would guess I would say evergreen content for something like a blog that like lives on their website. And what's the balance of repurposing, publishing, and just creating in that social environment? Like, are you seeing a balance anywhere with that? Yes. And I think it depends on the business itself and the size of the business or the the stage of growth as well. So in the very early days for a lot of businesses, it might be that you get the vast majority of your traffic and traction on a single platform. And you know what? There's nothing wrong with that, right? Like lean into it, grow because you've found something that's working for you. Mm -hmm. Go capture that opportunity, but understand that it's eventually going to plateau, Yep. right? And so I think the key, again, this comes back to your strategy and your plan. Are you building a side hustle? Are you trying to build like a small incremental income stream or are you trying to build a significant sustainable business, right? Because I think when you get caught in that mode and you really just have one channel that's driving your traffic, the sustainability of your business is going to be very low because mm-hmm. an algorithm change, you know, something mm-hmm. negatively impacting that channel, a change in preference, whatever it might be, and your revenue could drop in a heartbeat, right? Mm-hmm. So what tends to happen, I think, is as businesses grow, they have to diversify their traffic sources. They have to experiment more. But ultimately, that means investing more in content and investing more in marketing. And so the economics of the business have to be ready to support the level of investment. So I don't view it as like there's one answer here. I think it's more of a continuum over time where as you grow, you need to be within your means investing in the next thing. And if you ultimately find you just can't do anymore or say the flip side of this, you're a solopreneur and you're trying to keep up with four channels and it's just not working for you, right? Like then you might be better off trimming down and focusing more to drive growth, right? So it it really depends on the nature of the business. But I've spoken to plenty of business owners. I'm talking to solopreneurs and small business owners all the time for the last eight years at this point. And I've spoken to people who have built their entire business on LinkedIn and people who have built their entire business on Pinterest or Instagram now TikTok, you know, whatever it might be, although that you have to realize certain channels like TikTok and YouTube generally are going to be more geared towards entertainment, right? Right. So it depends on what type of business you're trying to create. But there are businesses that can live and can thrive on a single channel, depending on what they do. The harder part, I think, is then once you've learned one channel well, how do you start from the bottom and relearn a new channel? Because repurposing content is good. 
as long as you repurpose it in a way that is authentic to whatever the other channel is. Yeah. If it feels forced or it's not a good fit, you're better off creating a new piece of content for that channel instead of just repurposing. But from an efficiency and ROI perspective, figuring out how to create one piece of content and have it live in five places authentically, that's the gold at the end of the rainbow type of thing, right? Right. Um, And that's what we strive for in our own marketing, for instance. You know, we're still a small business, but we're well beyond sort of the the two-person founder stage that we started at. And so when our marketing team now, who are like super smart and super talented, when they're working through projects, they need to really give careful attention to say, okay, how do we make this piece of content or this message live in all of these different places because mm-hmm. otherwise it's just sort of wasted or under leveraged investment if we only do it in one yep. place. Yeah. I think even our size of business, that's something we've been dealing with for the past about year and a half of under leveraged content of this performs really well here, but the time and energy and resources it takes to make that content just as effective for another platform, I think is a lot more than people think. It's not as simple, just like restructure the graphic and then share it over here. That's not how that works really well for it to be worth your time. Right. Yeah. And I think a good example, just because it it's top of mind for me is I've heard a lot of people talk about, oh, I'm, I love podcasting and I, mm. I want to take my podcast and I'm going to put it over on YouTube. And it's like, you guys staring at me for 45 minutes while I talk is not mm. something you have any interest in doing. No. I just hate to tell you, it's just mm. not that long form on you can do long form on YouTube, but mm-hmm. long form talking head is not really a thing. It has to be entertainment if you're going to capture an audience that long on that platform. And so like knowing like the nuances of how people consume, it's way different when you're in a car and c- you're commuting, which I know a lot of you aren't commuting right now, but it might be doing laundry or yard work or hiding from your children. <laughs> Exactly. Like you might consume a podcast differently and just understanding those and thinking about your audience because our audience has less time and they're way busier. So this is a very good on the go format. And if we tried to put out a long form piece of content in another location, I just don't think it would be consumed in the same way mm-hmm. and enjoyed for that right. matter. Right. You might have some super fans who would love it. Right. right. Oh, totally. I'm sure right. you do. <laughs> right. Right. So we'll watch you do instance, anything. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so like for us, for instance, Elisa and Jeff do our Facebook lives and they do a great job, but those can vary from 20 minutes to an hour, depending mm-hmm. on the topic and, and the timing. And there are folks who will stick with them for a full hour, mm-hmm. as long as the value payoff is there. If the content's yeah. good enough, the degree of education is strong enough. Some people will do that. But then again, I think it comes back to what's your monetization model, right? Mm-hmm. So for us and in, in a SaaS type of business, it's all about having a deep relationship with our members, with our subscribers, and then ultimately sustaining that over time. But there's also a very deep connection of their successes, our success, right? Mm-hmm. Like if our members aren't being successful in their marketing, they're not going to remain tailwind right. members for a long time. And so there's a, a symbiosis there. And so for us, it's like, okay, if we can put together educational content like that, that is long form, that helps them to succeed in their own business and their marketing, then in the long run, we know we'll see an impact of that. Yeah. But not all business models necessarily have that same payoff to the longer form. And so right. the flip side, though, challenge is you read a lot of the best practices on a platform like TikTok. And mm-hmm. it's like, what, 8 to 15 seconds is mm-hmm. usually the recommendation that you see. 
And so we, I think, would struggle with how do we create something 8 to 15 seconds long that's relevant for our audience. I'm sure we can come up with some creative, fun ways that are more about like our brand and our personalities Mm -hmm. and and that angle of marketing. But can we deliver education in 8 to 15 second sound bites? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's an interesting challenge. I don't know Mm -hmm. if we'll solve it, but it's it's a challenge for sure. I would love to see you guys on TikTok. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to take the time now, but I'd love to ask questions offline about what could we do that would be helpful there? Yeah, (laughs) I have ideas. Yeah, I always have ideas. Well, I know that people are going to hear this and be like, man, like I have so many ideas and I'm excited and maybe it'll rev them up to get back to creating that more consistent content. Or if they do have that content, have a more succinct way to share it. Cause that's what Tailwind's all about. Mm -hmm. I, we've used Tailwind for many years now at this point with Boss Project. And I recently, like as in, in the last week and a half adopted (laughs) it in my second business. And y'all, I have 22,000 monthly impressions in a week and a half. So I'm, I will say it's on the up and up, but I'm pretty sure Tailwind has a large chunk to do with that because it's helping me schedule and create that consistent presence without Mm -hmm. me having to be there every single day. If someone were just getting started on Tailwind this week, what's like the first three to five things you'd have them implement? So I think the hardest one by far, and it is the what we see over time is the single most important, is get in a habit of creating content regularly. So when you first sign up for Tailwind, let's say you don't know how often you want to be posting, how much content you want to create, whether it's Pinterest or Instagram side, we have a feature called Smart Schedule, which will basically recommend, okay, you should post this often and at these times. And really what we're trying to do there is just take the guesswork out of it for you. So you can focus on your first most important task, which is create content, right? Mm -hmm. It can't be overstated how hard that step is for so many new businesses or early stage businesses, or even established ones adapting to a new channel, right? Mm -hmm. You have to get your rhythm down, your processes down for content creation and create your system. Because if you don't get to that system, your odds of long-term success are going to be a lot harder. So I think that's number one, start there Mm -hmm. and set a realistic goal for yourself. If it's, you know, one post a day on Instagram or a certain number of pins a day, or even if you can't do one a day, right? Like start by posting three times a week on Instagram, right? Whatever, whatever you can do with your current knowledge and capabilities and your current system. And then over time, slowly ratchet that up to become more productive, right? That's step one. On the Instagram side, the two things I'd say right away are start experimenting with the hashtag finder. Start Mm -hmm. experimenting with different hashtags, different lists of hashtags, and finding your audience because people will be shocked at the uplift they can see there if they are not a hashtagger. And so like just adopting that habit becomes really important early on. And then I think the second one, if you have any desire to drive traffic at all, set up smart bio, right? I mean, if you have 10K plus followers and you can get the swipe up on stories, great. That's wonderful. Use it. Most businesses don't have that yet and might take a long time to get there. So set up smart bio so that as you're scheduling posts, you can set a link with every single post. It's free. There's no cost to that service, no matter how much traffic you drive from it. So you might as well capture the value. Mm -hmm. It's so quick and easy. On the Pinterest side, one of the features that, so after you you just get in the habit of pinning regularly and figuring that out, one of the features that we see is really important for folks is board lists. 
So as you have more boards, and especially in a search-driven Pinterest mentality, you might want to have more and more niche, more targeted boards mm -hmm. in order to send stronger signals about the content that lives on those boards. So setting up your boards and your board lists becomes a very efficient time saver because then you can schedule a piece of content to multiple boards over time. You just want to make sure you're not doing that in a spammy way, right? That mm -hmm. the boards are actually relevant. You can always remove a board from a given list for a given piece of content. So you're not locked in forever. But that I think is a big unblocking feature for a lot of folks. And then the second thing I'd say is on the Pinterest side, as you're building your content creation habits, build into that generating multiple images per mm -hmm. post or per product. Don't just do one. Teach yourself how to make five or 10 images, whatever the number is, out of the gate. Because then once you learn how to do that efficiently, you're going to be better set up for this fresh content world. And you will, even apart from that, you'll just have more content to share earlier on. Because it's a whole lot faster and cheaper for most folks to create additional images for a post or a product that already exists than it is to create a whole new product, a whole new mm -hmm. page, a whole new blog post, whatever it is that you're marketing. Yeah. Well, that's so incredibly helpful. And I'm excited for y'all to get started. If you have yet to create a Tailwind account, I really strongly encourage you to do so. There, You can grab it for free at bossproject.com slash Tailwind. And then I believe there's a discount either. I think it's like the first two months free or I want to say $30 off. Don't quote me. There's some sort uh, of promo. It's <laughs> awesome. You guys, it's a good, it's a good link. Okay. Mm -hmm. Just go to bossproject.com slash tailwind and get that set up. I know it is really going to benefit you. Danny, anywhere else do you want them to know where they can hang out with you guys online? Sure. So our website's tailwindapp.com. That's the main hub where you'll find us. We are very active on Facebook. So we do Facebook lives every week that are educational in nature. Right now we're doing a survive and thrive series. So it's all about getting your business to survive the recession that mm -hmm. we're all in right now and doing that in a way that sets you up to thrive in the future. So go check those out. They honestly are really good content. The team's doing a great job and I highly recommend those. But check us out there. We're obviously incredibly active on Pinterest and Instagram. Mm -hmm. So pinterest.com slash tailwind or, or on Instagram. Look us up, follow us and ask us questions, right? Like comment. Our customer success team loves engaging with folks and our marketing team too. So one of the things that we like to do is help our members however we can. And so folks will ask us marketing questions, strategy questions, whatever yeah. it is as they're going. It doesn't just have to be, how does this feature work, right? So I would just say across all those channels, leverage us as a resource because we're here and we want to help you succeed. Awesome. Well, Danny, thank you so much for being here today. Yeah, likewise. Thanks again for having me. Looking to elevate your brand without the headache? Join the co-op, our creative template shop membership. With thousands of easy to customize templates, all crafted to seamlessly fit your business aesthetics. We make nurturing leads and driving sales effortless. We're talking serious impact and seriously simple creation. Become a member now at creativeshopcoop.com and transform your business today. That's creativeshopcoop.com. Hey, a few quick favors before you leave. I'd love if you'd share today's episode, send it to a friend who needs to hear it and post on social. You can show us where you're listening from, your favorite takeaway, or why someone else should listen. Be sure to tag me at Abigail Says and at Boss Project so we can share it. 
Okay, second favor. To get podcast updates and all the behind-the-scenes news from Boss Project, I'd love if you'd join my VIP list. Just head to bossproject.com slash sign up to make sure I have all your contact details. Really love this show? It would mean so much to me if you'd leave a rating and review. It not only helps more listeners find the show, but allows us to bring on quality sponsors so we can keep bringing you this valuable content for free. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time.